1: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
2: Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Up. For all situations, go to Pelican.com. Yak yeah, Gadget for all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs. Go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake for all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs. Go to eastport.info. Now, let's get this show started. Hi, everyone.
3: Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Liska, and this week, uh, we don't have a guest. I decided to kind of do just like I did last last year, where I just do kind of like a mid-year review of how everything's going and how the tournaments have been going and how I've been handling the mindset of things. So uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little, little short episode, nothing too, uh, it's not going to be super long like the hour episodes that I've been having, but just wanted to get on here a mid-year review and let's get into it first things first we just had the birthday show unfortunately i wasn't able to be a part of that had some more things going on but we had the show revealed that we already uh, we've reached the mark of over one million views between podcasts youtube and every single channel on there so just want to give a shout out to brian and everybody else that's worked hard at this. Obviously, obviously everyone's been doing this for a year now with, with the paddling thing i probably contributed uh, a little bit compared to what those guys have contributed in the last four years so just a huge congratulations and a huge shout out to them i really appreciate being a part of this family and uh, i told them that privately i just want to say on the podcast too Um, Another quick thing that I wanted to do, it is July 2nd, now this episode comes out July 3rd, so uh, happy 4th of July to everybody, hope everyone's having a safe and fun weekend, catching a ton of fish, I know I'm going to try to get out there tomorrow to catch me some fish before all the party boats get out, but hope everyone has a safe and happy 4th of July uh last episode i believe that came out was drew gregory where he talks about how he's been on an absolute tear that was before he even had the two more uh trail wind and uh champagne so i mean he's on absolute tear. i hope you guys enjoyed that episode but uh let's get into it um so years started off kind of slow for me um we actually just started our tournament year till May due to weather and things getting canceled and plans getting canceled. I was supposed to go to the Tennessee trip. Didn't go to the Tennessee trip, unfortunately. I heard it was a great time, But personal things getting in the way, so we didn't get to that. <clears throat> Next month rolls around Geneva, uh, for the Great Lakes kayak fishing series it was supposed to be my first event ended up getting canceled due to weather and high high winds i think the winds were going to blow 40 to 60 miles an hour on that lake and anything above 20 is kind of dangerous especially to be in a kayak so yeah so the first tournament was geneva and it was may oh man, may 21st i believe it was um went into there I didn't really have high a high high expectation. I didn't really know what to expect. It was only like my third time being out there, second time in a kayak. Went uh, went up Friday to pre fish it. There was a ton of bad fish up there. Uh, that Friday, ton of uh, largemouth that I marked on the uh, on the fish finder. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name. Sorry, guys a ton of of fish that i marked in the fish finder and uh yeah so and then i kind of went and looked for a couple offshore areas offshore deals just to kind of see if there were some fish out there deeper maybe in the pre-spawn still or in the post-spawn i believe water temps the time of year was uh 55 60 still big giant lake the water is deep there in certain areas. So it takes a while for that lake to kind of warm up. As we where in Illinois, we already had our water at 70, 70 degrees. The fish had already spawned out and it was kind of post spawn fishing for us. So COVID to that tournament being a best fishing tournament and very different for me, I'm used to fishing grassy areas with dirty water. And this lake was like crystal clear water. You could see down 10, 15 feet and uh, very, very different. Now, I'm definitely not used to this kind of fishing. So, <clears throat> going, so having that Friday to practice and seeing that water for the second time ever, the first time was early april uh, me and a couple buddies took a trip up there but we didn't catch anything boat docks weren't even in yet there was like nothing it, it's and there was really no fish we didn't see any fish or anything out there so they were probably like in that 20 to 40 feet range we were really looking out there motor didn't work that day <laughs> due to battery issues not due to motor issues thankfully but um Yeah, we went we uh I had that Friday. Um Brian was out there on the boat just fun fishing with with uh two other guys. And uh so he he said he was seeing the same thing I was seeing where he said most of these fish have moved up to beds but they weren't really exactly stuck on the beds per se. And I knew we had a cold front coming in Saturday. So i didn't know how much that was going to affect the fish or affect the bite Um, that's kind of why i went looking offshore too was to kind of have a secondary plan a secondary game plan and uh, what i needed to learn for that lake in particular i need to do more like topographic map studies or uh, look at contour lines versus just looking at google maps Cause that's kind of all the research that I did for this uh, tournament was looking at Google Maps and trying to figure out areas. But so uh, come come later that night, you know, I marked all the fish that I think I needed. Kind of came up with a game plan, got rods ready. Uh, stayed at Brian's house, which want to give a th- uh, thank you to him for that anytime you can find a place to stay for free it's it's awesome especially in this world where we're not really making a living doing this so any any free place is a really good place to stay as I always say and I didn't have to sleep in my car which is really nice <clears throat> um woke up that morning feeling kind of anxious excited uh fully like ready and prepared to like knock it out of the park you know not, not necessarily thinking i had a win in the bag but i definitely didn't think uh i was gonna not catch him you know so got to the ramp and uh first you know, I got to the ramp one of three people at that boat ramp which it's kind of common for that ramp where i launched out of i launched out of fontana ramp which they don't really have a parking space so people don't like the park uh launch there because you have to kind of park a little far away from where the actual ramp is but other than that being said <clears throat> went into that tournament um got my stuff all ready everything all rigged out turn you know turn the nav lights on turn the inside leds on uh and then right before about three to five minutes before I launch, I go to turn on the 360 light, and the 360 light's not working, and I realized uh, I haven't changed the batteries out since the beginning of last year. And so I kind of had to wait a little while to launch to, uh, at that particular tournament, and I not not known that at the time I had a 45-minute uh, ride per se to my first spot that i wanted to fish the first boat dock that i own fish you know kind of talking with brian we both kind of thought the night before the boat we both kind of thought that uh, the best thing to do was go to the furthest farthest dock that i had marked and just kind of work my way back to the boat ramp because we we both for sure thought those fish would still be there so uh, by the time we got to launch, got to the first boat ramp, um, fish were gone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I always have a plan B because plan A normally never works in fishing. As I'm beginning to learn, you know, especially, you know, the more I go out there and fishing, the more I go out there to compete. Plan A is normally never the plan that you stick with. It very rarely is. And uh yeah, so went out there, got to my first dock, forty five minute boat ride. Obviously we don't got two fifties on the back, so it's quite a haul just to go about two and a half miles, I believe it was. And uh yeah, fish went, fish were on the on there like I expected them to be, you know, and uh what I think happened in that tournament was
1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
3: I uh, I stuck to that pattern way too long versus adjusting. You know, I, I caught in pre-fish, I, caught, I had a few bites, and I had to catch a 17 and a half going out deeper and what i should have did in that tournament now going back to it and thinking about it i should have just went out deeper and just looked for one bite here one bite there because the original idea was completely scratched <laughs> and although the the winners of that of that tournament all uh, caught bedfish, they caught him out in that eight to ten foot range or that eight to six foot range and none of them were right up against docks and i just kept fishing and fishing docks till about 11 o'clock i stopped fishing docks, which is way too long i went and checked almost every single dock i'm like they just have to be here they have to be here they have to be here and they weren't and they never were going to show up that day but i was so Set on that, that set on that pattern that it actually hurt me. So at 11 o'clock with zero fish still in the kayak, unless you want really to count rock bass, but zero fish still in the kayak, you know, I kind of started to spin out and then I finally just went deeper, about 10 15 foot range, just started casting, had no luck. Seeing two huge smallmouth sitting right next to a buoy. And I remember seeing, you know, uh, Elite Series guys saying, small, I love to hang around buoys, especially in deeper water, especially on clear water lakes. Drop the drop shot down there. They eat it just like they're supposed to. And unfortunately, I lose the, that fish. And without even reeling back up and dropping back down, it hits again. I lose it again. And then for some reason, those fish kind of just disappeared, or if they didn't disappear, they just didn't eat anymore. I tried different techniques. I threw different things out there. I threw different baits on the drop shot to see if I could fire them up a different way, um, and nothing. You know, so I just kind of from that for that tournament drifted around, ended up zeroing. But uh, what I learned out of that tournament was. After I was done being really pissed off and mad because I zeroed in the tournament, I I stayed on the boat docks way too long. I stayed on a pattern that was not there. I think what happened was because the largemouth are more sensitive than smallmouth, um, and smallmouth was what won the tournament. um, The largemouth left the docks once that cold front came in. It dropped about 20 degrees, air temp. Five, six degrees water temp, if I can remember correctly. You know, we're talking about two months uh, uh, from now that passed. And uh, so I'm thinking those large kind of pulled off of the area and just, they weren't eating, but they also weren't spawning. And the, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't catch anything that tournament. And uh, I should have just adjusted and either. Took the long 45-minute ride back down the truck and went to a different boat ramp, or I could have just looked for fish deeper and just tried to catch one, you know, one per hour, and just fill the limit to get points. Which some guys did. Some guys just tried to fill the limit to get points. Being the first tournament of the year, uh, luckily for me. Uh, we do five bass tournaments, and four of them count for AOI. So that one will not be on the resume <laughs> for this year's AOI. Um, but yeah, just kind of I, I I stayed on the pattern that was not working for too long, and it kind of took me a little while to realize that. But you know, this is why we do what we do. We we go out there and we learn things. Um, so. Being that that was a clear water lake and kind of a Great Lake, Great Lake-ish feel, I took the kayak, and and, and uh, I took the kayak to Lake Michigan a few weeks after that to get ready for our next event, which would be uh, Sturgeon Bay, uh, in Wisconsin. Of course, <laughs> a beautiful Sturgeon Bay. I. I enamored with, with how it just looks and how it feels like when you're in the town, when you're eating at a restaurant, everything just feels calm, and comfortable, and just no stress whatsoever. Those people do not live under stress, man, right? And you, you can just kind of get that feeling of all your stress go away when you're there. But uh, I took the, the cog to Lake Michigan more importantly to more importantly, to um, figure out how how the water feels, per se, like the way the waves move, the way, you know, if it's windy, how it's going to feel, how the kayak reacts to it, how I react to it. And it wasn't necessarily catch fish. It was more of get used to the way that water is because, as we know, Lake Michigan is a big, big, big place. They're really, really nasty at any given time. So, we took it there, got used to that, went to the Sturgeon Bay Tournament, drove up, early Friday morning, and... The
1: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in
0: history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish.
3: I, I drove up early Friday morning, woke up about midnight, 1 o'clock, drove all the way up there, got there about 5 a.m., met with a buddy, uh, Raul rogue who's been on the podcast before. Um, it's his first year kayak fishing, and he dies. An uh, absolute beast at it. You know, he took a fifth place and a third place in his first two kayak tournaments, um, this year with Great Lakes. But we went to breakfast with him. Um, and then we kind of jumped on our first place. We didn't, huh? excuse me, I had a birthday. Uh, we found all the, all the stuff that smallmouth would love to hang out because this small fishery, you know, it's Lake Michigan just like uh like I was saying and it was an absolute uh, blast to be out there but more about the pre-fishing stuff is I got to see how this guy kind of how he operates per se versus how I would have operated where he doesn't force a place that he launches to have fish he's okay with moving versus where I would have kind of I would have stayed out there and kept looking but instead I was kind of going off of how I, w- I wanted to see how he operated and versus how I operate when I pre-fishing tournament and uh, what we did is kind of what Drew Gregory you know talks about and when I had him on the podcast um, how he's kind of show me how to do a couple of these things Is he's like the fish aren't here i'm not feeling it let's load up let's go somewhere else so we load the kayaks up and neither one of us have a trailer so it it takes a bit of time to load the kayaks up so it's not an easy task um load the kayaks up we then go and in, in, there's like a little shop there we go inside we look at a map and we kind of figure out what bays we want to hit because that's where all these fish are going to be they're going to be in bays they're not going to be way out there there again because we're going even farther up north the water takes even longer to warm up there's another uh um spawn fishing event you know uh so it's like fishing fish are going to be on beds and uh so that's what we were looking for we so we went all the way up to the farthest point we could possibly go and what continued on from there was we didn't even launch the kayaks we just kind of went off off the docks we went just kind of walked the banks to see if we could just see fish not necessarily huge fish that would win a tournament, to see fish that were spawning in areas that they should be at. Instead of constantly launching the coyotes, taking them out. We did that. We hit up that place, hit up the t- topest part. Um, when we realized they weren't really there, we went to the next one, and then kind of went to the next one and the next one after that, and then we found uh, kind of like your A, B, C plans and then we went, we had lunch. Uh, I took a nap, cause I'd been up for who knows how many hours at that point. <clears throat> but at that point we, uh, I took a nap and then our cabin that we decided to rent out, we decided to rent, ended up being on Sturgeon Bay. And we just kind of launched from the beach um, to, Kind of practice that area see if they were there and they ended up being there and then spawning too I, that's where i ended up i don't know if you guys seen the instagram photo but that's where i ended up catching that like had to be close if it wasn't a 20 it had to be close to a 20. there's definitely four and a half five pounds smallmouth and i decided that's the area i wanted to start at in the tournament so I go back to the cabin and we kind of talked to each other. You know, we were sharing all the ideas and stuff all day. And we are all driving around each other, driving around following each other. So it wasn't like we were keeping things away. Which is good to kind of have a team like that, you know. Especially in, like, these bigger water events where you're literally breaking down Lake Michigan. Let um, get So we get back to the cabin, kind of talk, I tell them, look, I'm going to launch here. I'm going to try to catch these spawn fish in the morning. If something happens where they're not here, and in the first hour, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go somewhere else. And they say, okay, well you stay here, and we'll go to a different place, and we'll kind of just keep in contact with each other. So. Fast forward to the morning, I go to my spot, get there super early, cause it was like five minutes from the launch. And uh, I've had to wait like 15 minutes just to make the first cast that morning. And uh, fish weren't there like they were before. And it kind of scared me being that Geneva was the same way. So, Fish weren't there like they were before, and kind of panic mode set in. So, I'm like getting straight out the water and just going, which I'm glad I did it. <clears throat> I go down to he, he, so when we, when we were in pre fishing, we kind of launched out of the beach. He went left, I went right, and we kind of just scanned the area pretty much. He said he found some spawners on his side in a creek area, but it didn't really look like they were locked down. Well, they ended up being locked down Saturday morning. So my first fish, I lost two fish and caught one in that little creek area. None of them were really big. I was just looking for a limit at that point. They weren't going to win the tournament, that's for sure so i did that got what i could there and then when i came out i kind of found like a 18 to 20 inch on a bed because at that point the sun fully came up and you could see a lot better into the water and i just couldn't get her to go so but by the time i uh, figured that out i had already spent a half an hour to an hour on there, I can't really remember how long that just went on there. But I just decided this—it's this not the area to be. Even if I got that fish to go, where's my next fish coming from? Uh you know, two fish in the live well ain't gonna do anything, even if I do catch that big one. So I took off, loaded it, loaded up about nine o'clock, nine ten o'clock, and I want to say about nine o'clock. Um, got to the next launch ramp where. He had said he had went to, and there was, he said he went to uh, the next launch ramp. I can't remember the name of it. And it was kind of the one that I was eyeing on, planning on going to. 20 minutes from where I currently was. Um, and it took me to, till about, I want to say 10, 10 could possibly 11. And this terminal this only went to 1 so it was 10, 10, 10, between 10 and 11. let would say that uh, to find a parking spot in and launch. And this is the great thing about the kayaks is there was technically no van. It was public watching and a public access place, but there was no boat ramp. It was more of a, it was a more of a dock your boat, get out, get snacks kind of place get back in for like people who with boats and motors and stuff and truth be told i just broke my kayak down i launched it right off the side and watched it float and then kind of as it and then i tied it to uh, one of the docks and then i loaded the motor the battery um the drop shot rod and i think one other i don't know i had all four rocks just because I, I had it tied down to the kayak I only loaded two tackle boxes on there. I loaded my terminal tackle, so if I need hooks or anything, um, I brought my line, my eight-pound eight, eight pound test uh, fluoroclear clear line, and, and uh, drop shot baits, basically, and just took off because I knew what the type of terminal it was. I knew what I needed to do like, to, to have those fish uh, react to things it wasn't going to be a reaction big deal i didn't have to bring the whole the whole package deal to catch these fish i already knew what i needed to do yeah after there, seen a few fish couldn't really get him to go It got it was really windy at the time um finally got all the way to where raul was and luckily for me he had what i call the magic magic trick of it i don't even necessarily think it was the the bait um but it was the color it was a bright chartreuse color uh it was a uh, like six five to seven inch uh worm, floating worm that we just cut down to like two three inches two and a half inches i think and just put it at the end of the worm didn't do anything it was just the fact that it was chartreuse that these fish were Getting pissed off by and just crushing it, and the, the struggles I had in that tournament were staying in place. If you could stay in place and these long enough, these fish would eat it automatically. And it was kind of easy to catch the fish and easy to see the fish. It was, the struggle in that tournament was staying in place, and uh, I didn't have an anchor, which I should have, and I don't have spotlight on. On the kayak i run a, a back motor obviously it doesn't have spot lock on that so i ended up catching two more and losing one more in that tournament so i definitely had the bikes and the strategy to fill a limit in that tournament i just didn't have a way to control the kayak or at least i didn't learn way to control the kayak in that tournament. So I ended up only catching three fish that tournament, 49 inches, which got me 19th place out of 27 anglers. But more importantly, it got me angler of the year points. And that was kind of a blessing. Um, And just, you know, a blessing to still have those points and leave those two tournaments, which is very tough tournaments for me and ended up being um, very, very uh, high learning experiences and got me to thinking that I need to fish this clear water a lot, lot more than I normally do. And instead of just always fishing dirty water, largemouth fishing, I need to get onto these clear water uh, lakes. Mildly, number one, the the funnest fish ever to catch. They fight forever. They the drag like crazy the the one i caught him pre-fish uh damn near bent out the spinnerbait straight the whole shaft not just the, not the hook but the, the whole spinnerbait shaft straight um when i was reeling them in and like i was joking with the guys i said uh, i didn't pull that fish in that flesh pulled me in with my kayak and, um, yeah, so what I learned there is I kind of need a systems to learn kind of bed fishing. You know, I never really did bed fishing up until these tournament, and I need to learn clear water, smallmouth, and I need to learn bed fishing. And, um, yeah, um, other than that, guys, geez, we've had this for 30 minutes. I didn't even think this was going to be a 20 minute podcast,
0: but.
3: Uh, In the future, we already have some guests lined up. And once again, I just want to say congrats on the one million views to all of our hosts and Brian Schiller. And uh, have a happy and safe Fourth of July, everybody. I will see you guys in two weeks.
2: Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn.
0: host of Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Huntstand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. I'm Will Cooper, host of Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from Huntstand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.